now, this is Box to Box Stoppage Time with Rob Gilbert and Derek Dyson. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices. Changing the mood of food. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box Stoppage Time. You're with Rob Gilbert and Derek Dyson for our podcast spun off from the main show where we go through all our highlights of the past week, our teams, our moments of the week and plenty more. As we've said in the past, it's not all about the, the absolute number one team, the absolute number one game or the moment. It's what has just crossed our radar and what we think uh, is is the, the number one story across those different categories that we've nominated, Derek. And it's just you and me this time. Now, I know I was saying off air last time we did it on our own, we were wondering whether we'd be able to uh, uh, to get through the entire show, but we ended up having to wrap it up because we were talking too much, weren't we? Yeah, I, I think we were. So I think you and I are very capable of uh, a long discussion, Rob, as our uh, <laughs> phone phone records will will testify. So I'm yeah. sure we'll give give everyone their value for money for um, for listening to this one. And as you said, game of the week. I mean, I you know, as mm. usual, I feel like a broken record. Could have picked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many, as you know, I I do try to try and pick something and, and give our listeners to something a bit a little bit different. Uh, and and this this time I've gone for uh, the Wrexham versus Notts County game. Now this is the first versus second match that took place uh, on Monday night. This was the the, uh, the 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 two runaway leaders of the uh, of the National League looking to be promoted to the uh, football league for the first time there's the obviously we all know about Wrexham, Wrexham and the uh, investment from their celebrity uh, american owners and obviously uh, a uh, hit netflix series to boot now and they have been absolutely supreme this season but one team that has been keeping them absolutely honest has been the oldest club in 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 england uh, uh, notts county um and this game was an absolute Cracker. It ended three two to Wrexham. So many different storylines in here, including Notts County taking the lead before uh, Wrexham uh, pouncing, pouncing back um, to make it two one, and then uh, Notts County bringing it level with about um, seventy minutes to go, and then about three three minutes later, Elliot Lee. Stolen to put Wrexham 3-2 up, Bedlam in the stadiums, the celebrity owners jumping up and down. And was that it? No, it wasn't because 40-year-old Ben Foster uh, then had to face a, uh, a penalty, um, which he saved. And it was actually a, an excellent save. Uh, you know, it wasn't a terrible penalty. I and mean, I think the, the player in question, uh, that was um, Sidwin uh, Scott, Telegraphed a bit which direction it was going, but it was it was a great save. And uh, Ben Foster was under a lot of pressure in his last game, uh, his first game for Wrexham. He's displaced another goalkeeper they have. He was actually retired and on the beach, and he turned down an offer from Newcastle to come and bolster their goalkeeping options. Um, has been given a pretty penny to come to Wrexham, and he's now justifying that by saving in the 97th minute of the game, would you believe? Rob, and what that means is that Wrexham are now top of the National League. They've got 103 points. I know that they play more games. There's 46 games to play. They've got 103 points. And Notts County have got 100 points. They've also played a game more. So 
Wrexham very much, and we'll be talking about title races again in a minute, but very much in their own hands at the moment. But, uh, you know, had they dropped points here, it still would have been nip and tuck to the end of the season. And the mm. key thing to note here is that only one team gets promoted, um, mm. amazingly, from National League. So Notts County could end the season with over 100 points, end up going into a playoff and then losing to a team you know, a distant 40 points behind them to uh, to, to join League Two. So uh, whatever you view on Wrexham, that, that was certainly a mega game and uh, absolute scenes at the race course ground. Oh, just incredible. I mean, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney have been awarded the freedom of uh, Wrexham. When, why wouldn't they? And uh, I, I love this quote from, from Reynolds. And it, look, man, it's quite a common one that you hear of, um, of people involved in sport at this level. But uh, he says, excluding the birth of my children, I'm not sure I've had a, a bigger moment in my life. Uh, he says, this is the most romantic game on earth. It was one of the most unique situations. My voice is shot from screaming. I'm used to working under pressure, but usually I have some kind of say and control in it. Here, I had nothing. So all I could do was watch and hope like everyone else. And as we know, as it's all been captured for the documentary camera. So, uh, yeah, look, what a decision that was to, to start filming this. And uh, I don't know whether there's uh, this uh, uh, something, in, you know, in the in the, the planetary alignment that, that delivers stories like this, but, um, but it's, you know, it's great viewing, isn't it? Uh, uh, even for those of us who, who uh, have got uh, no interest in Wrexham other than the fact that, um, that they're telling us a, a football fairy tale. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it just talks to, you know, the depth of the English um, football pyramid. Of course, Wrexham are in Wales, but they mm-hmm. they do play in the uh, in the English English league. I think their car park might be in England. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think this is, you know, when we talk on the domestic scene about, you know, introducing the the, the long, long um, asked for second tier of uh, professional, you know, elite Australian football and just showing what what this can do. We're way down the pyramid here. We're five divisions down. And, yeah, look, there are certain people that don't like the rest of Wrexham story because they're kind of very 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 uncompetitive in that division because of the wages that they can pay and the fact that someone like Ben Foster can come out of retirement and turn down Newcastle United, backed by Saudi Arabia, <laughs> uh, to, to go and play for Wrexham. I suspect it was probably just nearer his house. I think Ben Foster's from... <laughs> from the Manchester area. Um, but I think the wages would have, would have helped him too. But I think it shines a light on mm-hmm. um, this league. And when when you look at the league itself, you know, Notts County, you know, a league, uh, you know, a league team, you know, in the past, uh, Chesterfield Barnet have been to Southend United, Dagenham and Redbridge, uh, Halifax, Oldham Athletic, uh, the, the, the team of my grandfather mm-hmm. um, uh, are in this division now. So this is not an easy league either, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's really exciting. And the fact that Notts County have more or less matched them stride for stride, goal for goal. Hmm. Um, it, I think uh, on Box to Box, we will watch these last four games with interest and hmm. see uh, whether Exxon can wrap it up. And then, of course, whether Notts County can, you know, take their clear superiority uh, in a playoff situation over the likes of Woking, Chesterfield, Barnet, Boreham Wood, who are likely to join them. So, yeah, but mm. exciting times right down in the, the English football pyramid, Rob. Yeah, no, no, fascinating story. Um, okay, well, I'm going to go to the other end of the pyramid. You didn't choose it for obvious reasons, which you've just outlined. And, uh, you know, while my team didn't get the result in the end, there is absolutely no way we can let a Premier League classic pass without 
getting a Game of the Week nomination. And, of course, as you know, I'm speaking of Arsenal's visit to Anfield for what ended up a two-all draw that put the pulse into pulsating. Jurgen Klopp described it as chaotic, wild, intense. He couldn't fathom how Liverpool didn't win one of the best games he's ever seen in the Premier League. In the other technical area, Mikel Arteta's post-match response of, you know, just wow, summed it up. And he's not a guy that sort of gives his wows out uh, liberally uh, after the Gunners gave up their two-goal lead at Anfield. I know we talked about this in the main show, whether it was a point gained or two lost. I, I know your opinion is that, uh, you know, uh, that this is coming off a history of, of underperforming or at least not great performances at Anfield for Arsenal. So you'll take that point. One thing is for absolute sure and certain is that Aaron Ramsdale might be remembered as the hero of the season if Arsenal do win the title by a point or two because it was those three late saves and two of them were absolute epics. You know, you had, if you haven't seen them, just jump on and watch the highlights and uh, and you know you, you'll just be like you'll be giving a Mikel Arteta wow. You know, it's not very often quiet at uh, at, at a Liverpool game, uh, but you know, few of the Merseyside fans would have predicted the drama of, of what they saw. So just to describe this game briefly, I mean, I know you know it, Derek, of course, but uh, for those of who are, of us, who, of our listeners who, who didn't tune in, the Reds came from 2-0 down uh, to, to get it back to a two-all draw, thanks to, it was a Bobby Firmino 87th minute equaliser. Uh, Mo Salah had missed a penalty and, and Ramsdale was uh, was the hero at, at the very end as, as a couple of uh, uh, attempts were uh, were were just parried back by some incredible athletics and um, and then of course I mean, you know the, the whole the whole storyline couldn't be complete without uh, an outrageous non uh, on the pitch related element with the assistant referee and uh, and Liverpool's defender Andy Robertson um, copping an elbow from him so I mean it, it was it was a breathless game wasn't it and uh, it was just a, a real treat to watch I mean Liverpool had 19 shots inside the opposition box the most if it's Arsenal have faced in a Premier League match since data became available 20 years ago so you know it was uh, it was amazing yeah look I wish I was a neutral Rob because it would have been a uh would have been a fabulous game just to sit back and uh, and enjoy um and yeah look, i suppose in the main show we spoke about the implications for for arsenal and you, you heard me dead back dead bats a few stuff back and i suppose i'm just putting myself in the the mindset of Mikel arteta and what he would have said afterwards too you know as someone who is a leader in business and thinking about how do you how do you you know jump get back on the bus and try and rationalise a game like that. And I think the only way you can do is, look, guys, we you know, we should have won it. We could have lost it. We got a point. We're six points clear at the top of the league. Points on the board is important at this time of the season. Uh, we've obviously got a tough job when it comes to um, to, to Man City. Uh, but there, there are tough games for Arsenal in between that too. They've got a couple of teams fighting for their lives in between. I think West Ham away, Southampton at home. So... Got to focus on those games next before they even get to the Etihad and the and the City game. And look, Arsenal have gone and done it historically. A win at Old Trafford in 1998 pretty much sealed the the title against Ferguson's much fancied United side. Um, and they did it again at Old Trafford in 20 in 2002 as well. Um, and obviously um, at Anfield as well uh, in 1989. So. Arsenal do have pedigree of going and doing this. It will be a, it will be a tough challenge. Um, the only, the thing that I'm clinging on to will be just the amount of games that that City have got to play between now and the end of the season. The fact they will be eyeing up that Champions League, and whether or not there is a slip 
because just as much as Arsenal need to be perfect, City need to be perfect as well. Mm. So, um, but I just from from your point of view, Rob, a lot of the post match has been about Arsenal. But where does you know where does this leave Liverpool? Have drawn their last two games against so called big six sides in two very different ways. Do do you feel like this is the sort of result that might kick? You know, clearly there are structural, there are bigger issues at play. Liverpool just need to get some form together to see out this season, get as high on the table as possible. Do you think this kind of result is the sort of one that would get them into that kind of frame of mind? Look, I, you hope so, don't you? As a Liverpool supporter, you know it's 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 puzzling to understand in some ways why Liverpool have uh, have have sort of um, peaked and crested. Uh, um, Pardon me. The departure of Sadio Mane has obviously um, had a, a major influence on the formation. The introduction of Darwin Nunes and more recently Cody Gakpo finding their their um, role in the side. I mean, Virgil Van Dijk was injured. I mean, Bobby Firmino looks like he's going to be leaving, but uh, uh, but he's still got something in him. Diogo Jota was uh, uh, injured for a long time, and he was a really fundamental um, uh, plank in in the uh, um, the uh, the elite performance of the side. I mean, Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, you know, you love him at his, you know, he's like the little girl with the little curl, isn't he? You know, when, when he's very, very, uh, very good, he's outstanding. But when he's bad, he's rotten. And, um, and, and he seems to constantly, you know, that, that, that uh, weakness in his game is, is constantly exploited by, by far more uh, clever managers than, uh, than us uh, pundits. And, and then you obviously think about Mo Salah where, you know, Missing two penalties. I mean, the frustration. He almost pulled that curly hair of his out. I mean, that his head by the root when he missed that uh, that penalty and didn't even um, give uh, Ramsdale uh, as, uh, um, the, the trouble to, to have to get a glove on it. So, uh, look, what I think is, it, hopefully, I, I feel that Jurgen Klopp ultimately is is a, a, a generational manager in the same way as Sir Alex Ferguson, as an Arsene Wenger. Uh, and that uh, I don't believe that there are any circumstances where the, the Liverpool hierarchy will show him the door. Uh, I just hope he can craft some of those new names that are coming in and uh, and find that um, that uh, sweet spot to, to get the best out of them. Um, because, you know, as a Liverpool supporter, uh, you know, one of the legacies of COVID um, amongst, you know, from a football point of view, we all know of the worldwide tragedy that it was for, for many people and their families. Uh, but um, the fact that Liverpool eventually broke the 30-year uh, drought um, and weren't able to celebrate at Anfield in front of their fans is, is one of the, uh, the missing pieces of the Liverpool puzzle. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people who follow Liverpool around the world that, uh, that won't be fully satisfied until the club can win one uh, with the fans in the stadium. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, as I said, I think for Liverpool, it's a patch-up job to get to the end of the season. Clearly, there's a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done, and I think that needs to be done under Klopp. I think Alexander, the, the Alexander-Arnold paradox needs to be resolved at some point. He either needs to learn, he either needs to up his defensive game, or Liverpool have just got to pick him in a different position because they can't mm. afford that liability. But of course, he when he nutmegs Zinchenko and dinked it over for Bobby yeah. Firmino. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's the best part of Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. And, of course, another big one is going to be Bobby Firmino leaving at the end of this. We know he's going at the end of the season. Yeah. So yeah. another one of the uh, triumvirate, the Salamane Firmino triumvirate will go. Clearly, they've got, you know, Darwin and, and other talent in that area. But, look, it's a big job for Liverpool. But, look, everyone's stuttering at the moment, you know, the... There's no one who's an absolute banker for that 
top four, maybe apart from Newcastle, whose form's really picked up in in recent since they lost the cup final. Actually, they've been excellent, but I still think there's plenty of time. And yes, they'll be a bit disappointed with uh, not having taken the uh, they're taking the three points. But they're, you know, they were playing a very good Arsenal team who are on form, seven wins on the bounce, and 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 uh, I think they'll, they'll rely on their Anfield form and have a few cup finals at home to try and get them on. But um, going to my team of the week, Rob, um, we've spoken about this team a few times over the course of the season. In fact, I do think we spoke to um, spoke to the athletics correspondent uh, on Burnley as well at some point this season as well. But congratulations to their man, Vincent Company, for getting their promotion uh, affairs in order. They, they, they sealed it with... Uh, a win over um, Middlesbrough, of course. Um, they're fighting for promotion as well. It was a it was a way uh, there two two one, and they followed that up uh, just on Monday night with a two 0 win over another team up the top of the table, Sheffield United. They'll have they'll of course want to go on and not just get promoted but win the league. I don't think there'll be many people backing against them not winning that league title now but mm. um you know the, the this turn this you know it's on the one hand you can say a team coming down from the premier league is in the perfect position to go back up they get the parachute money they've got players that have been in the premier league but you know their their squad was gutted on the way down there to let go of the likes of maxwell corne obviously chris wood went to newcastle um at, at, at the time as well um, and it, and it, and they had to do a rebuild job under Vincent Company, and Company used his contacts in Belgium, made some smart loan um, signings, and also blended it with the best of the old Burnley because Ashley Barnes, who in his final season was on the score sheet in this game with a typical kind of forwards goal. He's not the most glamorous player, but he uh, he got the you know one of the goals that helped seal this promotion and. Look, I think Burnley know what the blueprint is now. They've got to look to Fulham. They've got to look to Brentford, uh, Bournemouth to a certain degree and go, you know, I don't see them going up and playing dice ball again, that's for sure. I think they've got mm-hmm. to take, take, you know, make a virtue of that home ground. The tough, the, can they do it on a wet night in Burnley? Mm-hmm. But also use mm-hmm. this um, fantastic young manager in Vincent Company who, um, you know, when we spoke with Liam Twomey, uh, in the show, uh, you know, earlier in the week about the kind of paucity of managerial options. And we spoke about um, Leicester and, and their managerial appointments at the end of the season. Surely one of the most sought after managers, Rob Wilby, Vincent Company, and mm. whether he'll hold on until Pep leaves Man City or whether he'll bridge another job. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But good on Burnley. I think it's a well deserved promotion. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, when we get Andy Jones from the Athletic back on to talk about Burnley and we'll ask him that question about whether Vincent uh, Company will, will stay on, but wouldn't it be a great story for for uh, for Burnley to, to see him carry on with that legacy and that rebuild and, and leave his uh, his imprint um, in, a, in a football style that, uh, uh, that's that been so entertaining for uh, for that club um, as, as they've been promoted. Okay, I'm going to flip uh, back to the Asian region for my team of the week and I'm looking to the J-League and Kevin Muscat's title defence uh, started slowly, but uh, 
Yokohama came to life uh, with the derby with the reigning champions, Marinos, moving three points behind the leaders, Vissel Kobe, after they belted uh, Yokohama FC, who were newly promoted in the uh, Yokohama derby on Saturday, as Takayuki Yoshida's Vissel were held goalless by Alberex Nagata. So uh, those sort of results helped to, to pull the Marinos a, a little bit closer. Nil all at half time. Anderson Lopez and Elba scored two goals each as. Uh, 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 Muskie's team beat their crosstown rivals to climb up to fifth place in the J1 league. So so uh, we, we always keep a weather eye on what's going on in the J league, particularly uh, with Peter Klamowski getting the uh, Tijuana and uh, and Muskie holding up the uh, uh, the top end. You want to see a, um, a club and a manager back up a, a, a wonderful, well, two seasons really. I mean, he almost won it in his first go at it uh, and then won it the second time around, uh, but to, to consolidate. And, uh, you know, if you don't uh, go back to back, to at the very least go you know very close to it and uh, and that's what he's done. Uh, I'm going to just leap right into to my moment of the week, mate, because you've, you've sort of referenced this a, a couple of times, and uh, um, you know obviously anyone who's listened to Box to Box for a while now um, uh, will will know uh, we we started in the season of the Fox back in 2015-16, so it's no surprise uh, that we do have a soft spot for them. So you know my moment of the week is Leicester uh, appointing Dean Smith as their manager until the end of the season. Now he's. Um, a bloke who is still much loved at Aston Villa. I know I've got a. I've mentioned him before, young Cameron, who helps care for my uh, my young son Alexander. Uh, uh, he's a Birmingham boy, moved to Australia about seven years ago, and he's a passionate Villa fan. And uh, when I mentioned to him that we were going to talk about Dean Smith, he, in fact, he didn't know that he'd been signed by Leicester. He said, "Oh, that's great." He said, uh, "He said a lot of my family will be really pleased that uh, that Dean Smith's got another opportunity, and we really hope uh, that he does well." He's been out of work since he left Norwich in December, and as you've mentioned before, uh, the former uh, uh, Leicester uh, assistant coach and, and, and interim manager Craig Shakespeare, Chelsea legend John Terry's on the cho- coaching staff. I mean, they've lost both of their matches since Brendan Rodgers left. Uh, their second bottom, um, but they're only two points from safety. So um, the um, you know, the, the Leicester chairman, Iowa Watts River, Drana Prabha, um, said his leadership, coaching and motivational qualities will be vital assets for us in the coming eight games as we fight to secure our Premier League status. So, so I, I'm sort of looking that, uh, that 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 it is possible. I mean, I know uh, we look at people like Jesse March and and, uh, and Graham Potter, uh, you know, both have, have, have knocked back this job. But, um, but if some can take this job and they can somehow uh, turn this thing around they'll they'll be heroes so um, I wish and hope uh, that Dean Smith can get this job done and um, you know uh, from a, a personal point of view with the software we had Rob Tanner's been fantastic to us over the years he introduced us to all the people that you hear so regularly on The Athletic uh, uh, if it wasn't for Rob Tanner and it wasn't for Leicester City and that wonderful premiership year you know I don't know whether um, our podcast would still be on air so uh, it um, you know, you need talent. You need guests every single week to talk to, and they've been so generous. And it was all because of Rob, and it was all because of the Leicester Mercury you worked through at the time. And so, I hope Dean Smith can get the job done. Yeah, we'll come back to relegation matters in a moment, Rob. But I just wanted to pay a quick tribute to Hyun Min Son. I know if uh, Michael Edgley, um, our, your your regular co-host uh, on the main show, was here, I'm sure this would have been his moment of the week because mm-hmm. um he is a fabulous ambassador for not just for spurs but for asian football as well he's pro- i think an article on the bbc website this week you know said that he was probably the first genuine superstar to come out of 
that region uh, mm-hmm. of, of of the game, and he scored his hundredth goal in a typical manner. He's just made. He's absolutely. He should just copyright trademark this goal where he picks it up at the edge of the box, shifts onto his right foot, and sets it off. A bit like a drive, just to the outside of the post, draws mm-hmm. it back in, and the goalkeeper just can't can't get there. So he's um you know he's not having the best season, but I think that's probably more reflective of you know where Spurs are at. As a team, those hundred goals he scored, that partnership with Harry Kane is obviously um, tremendous. He's won a Pishkas Award for that amazing goal against Burnley, who he spoke um, about where he, he ran the length of the pitch uh, and scored. Um, and him and Kane in tandem are amongst the most prolific strike partnerships ever in Premier League football. So um, well done, Son. Uh, he's a very hard man to dislike with that smile and just his general... Um, attitude towards the game. So even as an Arsenal fan died in the wool, it's hard to not look at a player like that and go, geez, I'd, I'd love him in my team. I would have loved him mm. in my team for a, a period of time. So well done, Son. I'm sure there's some more goals um, left for him. But we're just going to quickly touch on the relegation uh, battle, Rob. Um, uh, there was some movement over the weekend. Uh, Crystal Palace, obviously, too games wins on the bounce now with with Woy and uh, you know scoring goals for fun um they're only six points clear of the relegation zone but mm. i'm gonna just call it now that i think they're fine even though they still need to find more wins given their trajectory i think they'll find those wins um so we're really looking from wolves downwards um we spoke about leicester city before um, but start with Southampton, Rob. Are they down? Are we going to say on 23 points and four points off safety, are, are Southampton down? Yeah, I think we are. I mean, you look at that bottom three and of 45 points available in each of their last five games. So three teams by five, 45 points. They've uh, collectively scored four points. Um, and, and Southampton are the sadly for them I mean they they, they are showing a little bit I mean they, they were they were um, competitive against Manchester City in the first half of that game at home over St Mary's Park on the weekend uh, you know it didn't look like a team that was going to get relegated against uh, you know what many think is the best side in the world but uh, uh, yeah I think they're going down yeah oh, look it's, it would be hard to make an argument for Southampton at the moment they've got an inexperienced manager in charge as well I'm really worried about Leicester City, Rob. I know that's not mm. what you wanted to hear, but I am worried about mm. their form. I'm worried for Harry Suter. We finally got a mm. proper soccerer in the Premier League, and we all hope for his sake that they he tries to keep some up. But they've got a heck of a job uh, on their hands. Mm. Um, and, you know, Forrest in 18th place. I mean, when you look at the form guide, that sounds really obvious, but the three teams with the worst form in the league outside of Fulham are the three teams in the relegation zone. Mm. and Forests have had fits and starts this season, but they just haven't managed to put enough consecutive points together. Um, Their away form has been in disgrace, really. That's that's yeah. what's brought them down, hasn't it? Yeah, away form has been has been bad. So it'd be very easy for us to say it's it's these three, um, and then looking at looking at the rest of them. In my view, I think Wolves have got enough with Lopetegui in charge. Um, you know, West Ham two wins out of the last three. And a game in hand. That's that, you know. I think Moyes will potentially be handed his marching orders in the summer and uh, you know, because this team isn't hasn't been designed to be sitting in this part of the table. I've 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 paid tribute to Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth. I think he's been outstanding. Mm -hmm. Um for a club that doesn't have 
the big budgets and he was thrown in there with no managerial experience, a bit of a caretaker manager. Um, but he's won three out of the last five games. I won, I think Bournemouth are probably okay. So I think, you know, Leeds United, I'm worried about them. Uh, Sean Dyche hasn't really capitalised on his strong start for Everton, but out of the last five games, they've only lost one and they draw, they're drawing a lot, but mm. that that's not taken them far away. So I know, I, you know I've got splinters in my bum sitting on the fence here, Rob, but mm-hmm. I'm tempted to say the ones that we're looking at at the moment, 18 through 20, they're the ones that will go down. The ones that might be able to get themselves out of Leicester, and if Leicester do manage to squeeze their way out, then I wonder if it's going to be. I'll go and I'll pick one. Leeds United. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a feeling that Sean Dyche has enough about him uh, and enough in his squad to get him out. And I just wonder about Leeds. And yeah, they've had, they've had a couple of wins in the last five, but that that was a terrible result for them against Crystal Palace against a relegation rival. But yeah, what do you think, mm-hmm. Rob? Yeah, no, I think that Wolves win against Chelsea um, at uh, the Molyneux was uh, was enough to, to keep them safe. I mean, it's amazing how three points can, can sort of leap you up the ladder um, so uh, so dramatically. I think, as you say, Bournemouth have been, uh, you know, they've just been competitive uh, throughout the course of the season for a team that's been sort of bouncing around that relegation zone. And to to, uh, to 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 beat um, Leicester City at home um, at, at the home of the Foxes, of course, um, it, it was uh, you know a, a team that you know that are, are dysfunctional at best and uh, and just uh, not a Premier League side at worst. They were still fighting for their life um, to 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 get those points, uh, or at least at the very least uh, uh, to get a point from from that game against Southampton. Um, but uh, I, I I'm just going with as much hope. As uh, as um, as reality in in predicting that Leicester will get out of this uh, battle, and I do agree with you that Sean Dyche has got uh, enough in him, and uh, and you know out of uh, their last five games, they've only lost one. As you say, they've had three draws and a win. So I feel like he's he's just gradually riding that ship. But uh, I think Leeds inconsistency will eventually come back to bite them, and uh, I'm I'm predicting it'll be Leeds, Forest, and Southampton that uh, that go down. Well, they're all they're all going to be big teams, Rob, and and mm-hmm. the reason being is, and you know, congratulations. And Fulham and Brentford are kind of on the beach now. <laughs> Their form hasn't been great recently, but Fulham, Brentford, you know, Brighton, you know, these are the teams that people might have expected to be down there. They're not, and that's why mm-hmm. the likes of Leicester City, Everton, Leeds are in this conversation. So some big, some big established Premier League teams are going to be heading to the Championship, Rob. Yep, and certainly will be, mate. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. Um, it's been a good fun chat uh, talking to each other uh, without uh, one of the other boys on. Maybe we might do that more often. I think two voices do work well with stoppage time. Um, so, uh, yeah, have a good week, mate. Thank you. Same to you. And thanks to Adam Maloney for uh, producing this show as well, for doing it, the excellent job that he has been doing in uh, World Tandem with our good mate Damien Tardio. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to box to box Stoppage Time and Offside, wherever you get your podcasts. Tweet us at box to box nts and follow us on Twitter. Make sure you like us on Facebook and join us throughout the week as our podcasts drop and we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the World Game.